listening to Cleveland and Beyond with Andy Bellman and Jared Watson. Brought to you by Evergreen Podcast. And we are live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. He's Andy Billman. I'm Jared Watson. And this podcast is brought to you by Waiting for Next Year. Check him out. Original Cleveland sports reporting at waitingfornextyear.com. Also, again, coming soon to Evergreen Podcast. Hey, the Browns had such an exciting win on Sunday. Uh, Then we go ahead and we add Baker Mayfield as the AFC Player of the Week and Garrett, uh, Miles Garrett as the AFC Defensive Player of the Month. And now we're getting ready to head into a game with the Raiders at home. Uh, with the Browns sitting at five and two, who would have ever guessed at this point? Five and two, uh, Cleveland going to the playoffs is a real possibility, folks. Yeah, I'll say it again: the Browns going to the playoffs is a real possibility. Um, everyone's talking about the team and whether or not they're better with or without Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, we're going to go ahead and discuss that, and then we're going to transition over and talk about the Buckeyes as they take on the Nittany, Nittany Lions on Saturday, uh, Saturday night in Happy Valley. And then I'm going to take a nap, as I usually do when Andy talks up the Irish, and uh, we'll wrap up with Brad Hand being released by the tribe, which will save them about $10 million off their payroll. But first... Cleveland Browns. I'm actually excited, more often than not, to talk about your 5-2 and two Cleveland Browns. It's amazing. In a week where you have a great win, where you got two, not one, but two award winners. Defensive player of the month, Miles Garrett. I mean, who else would it be? And then your offensive player of the week in the AFC, um, Baker Mayfield. Um, I, I got to be honest. Uh, it's been a great week. And yet, the talk in the write-ups has all been about what to make of not the OBJ injury, which we all feel bad. I mean, it's terrible. He's a good dude. You don't want anybody to get hurt. But the big chatter and discussion is, will this make the Browns better without OBJ? Um, Jared, I've listened to several podcasts. I've listened to several radio stations. I've listened to people who are very different in mindset. So not just like one side here or, you know, dissimilar groups, right? National and local. Right. This is the number one topic by far. It is dominating this space. It is. And there's lots of theories and there's lots of opinions about it. And so we should dive into it and get into it. My whole big thing is this. I don't think this OBJ thing has as much legs as other people think. However, I do think it plays a smaller part, meaning I don't think Baker and OBJ connect as well as Hollywood Higgins and Baker Mayfield connects. I think the Hollywood Higgins is the bigger story here. I think Hollywood Higgins helps this team a lot. I think Hollywood Higgins playing actually did a lot more positivity and did every bit as much more, triple five times as much. Do I think sometimes OBJ and Baker are not on the same page? Yes, I do. I, I, I definitely do. You can't fight it. I mean, there's been times where you can just feel it in the game. That to be said, I think that's a small thing. The bigger thing to me mm-hmm. is Hollywood Higgins coming back and Baker finding a rhythm. Because people can say all they want to. People don't even remember, once OBJ got hurt, Baker still struggled those next two series. It wasn't until he got later into the second quarter he finally got into a groove. And that's where we started seeing Hollywood Higgins appear. That's my theory. Jared Watson, what is yours? Yeah, so um, I did hear a theory. This is the closest to me saying that Baker is better uh, without. This will be the closest that I get to saying it, and I'm really not not saying it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was something that I thought about. And uh, one of the the local Cleveland stations uh, had a guy who mentioned that, made the metaphor, the comparison of, Baker driving a sports car, but not knowing how to drive it and then hopping in, you know, a sedan and really, you know, feeling a lot more comfortable in in the handling and knowing how to handle that. Right. What I'm saying is, uh, and I think that what this person was saying, you know, alluding to was that the ceiling, the potential for performance is so much higher with Odell if Baker could get a handle on it. Um, and, and understand how, you know, those two need to get on the same page. But Higgins is the sedan that he's comfortable with. And that ceiling mm-hmm. for performance is much lower, but he's more comfortable driving the sedan. I kind of like that. I kind of like that, you know, that analogy of of looking at things. Now, whether or not that's true, we can also look at the opposite side of things, which is this um, the Browns running game. Uh, statistically 
were getting average two yards less uh, per rush with Odell off the field. So they're averaging more than five yards a carry with Odell on the field and more like three yards a carry yeah. with Odell off the field. So yeah. it affects more than just the passing game. It affects the running game with Odell being gone too. So if you want to call this a, a, a net positive or a net negative, I will stick to the human side of things and say this. It's a net negative because the potential for o- Odell Beckham Jr. to break something big on the field it matters because coverage and scheme from defenses matter. And because the running game is affected with him off the field, those three aspects in themselves will hurt the Browns without having Odell on the field period. It's also a two way street. It's not just on Odell Baker. Also when Odell comes back next year, needs to do a better job of getting him involved and doing it properly. I think way too many times we always look for a scapegoat in life. It's not just on Odell if they don't connect. It's also on Baker. Baker has to do a better job working him to the offense. I will go one step further before we get to Phillips' comment here on Facebook. The other thing, too, real quickly, I'll say on this. Um, OBJ, people can say whatever they want. Again, I I think it's a little thing. They don't connect. It's a little thing. But it's on two sides here. It's not just on Odell. But here's the bigger thing. That Dallas game, Browns fans – they don't win without Odell Beckham Jr. Ooh, you ain't they kidding. do not win that game. He was a big part of that win. And I think you are going to feel that at times. Now, do I think it's as big as Nick Chubb? No. Do I think it's pretty close to that? Yes, I do. But I think the Browns, again, with all the talent and because of Hollywood coming in, I think it's going to be in good shape. And in fact, the bigger story to me here is why hasn't Hollywood Higgins been playing for the last year and a half? That, to me, is the bigger story. Uh, Philip on Facebook, every great quarterback has a safety net receiver with OBJ trying to force him to be that guy. Philip, I agree with you. And, again, that's my bigger point here. I think the bigger story is Hollywood Higgins has Hollywood's back in Cleveland. That, to me, is the story, Jared. That, to me, is the story. Well, and that's the thing is imagine if if Hollywood was on the field while Odell was on the field. Right. right? You would have right. – then Baker might feel a little more comfortable. He'd have his guy that he feels comfortable throwing to. And mm-hmm. he I, I just think that there are so many different dynamics here at play that we can make all the assumptions we want. But, you know, until we see that combination, I don't know whether, you know, what my opinion is going to be outside yeah. of that. But to sit here and say that one of the most one of the best wide receivers in the entire league, that the team is better off without him being on the field. I can't say that. Get the fuck out of here. It. Just go. I, I, and, and, and by the way, and there's been there's been a lot of people, Jared. From people who I really respect their opinions and love hearing them talk. Because it's easy to pick on Odell. It's yes, easy it for him to be the scapegoat. It's e- yeah. it's the narrative that everyone loves yeah. to go to. It yes, is. It and again, is. It's a two-way people street. like to kick guys like him when they're down, period. They yeah, just and by the do. Way, and by the way, I'm going to go a step further. This is a guy, too, who's very popular on this team. The locker room loves Odell Beckham Jr., and that includes Baker Mayfield. They love this guy. He is a very popular player in the locker room. He's a heart guy. He's he got a, a lot guy. of heart. He, and I, I'm going to go a step further. Again, it's a two-way street here. Yeah. It is a two-way street. It's not just up to uh, Odell Beckham to keep everything hunky-dory. It also is two up to Baker to make sure that thing's connecting. Yeah. All that to be said, I do think this injury will at some point come up. And by the way, I mentioned this in the last podcast, and I'll say it here again. The Browns are finally at a point where they can't handle any more injuries on offense. They're at the limit. You can't handle anymore. This right. is it. Like you're finally there. Like Cadrell Hodge came back. I'm that's great. Good to see it. He's not, he's not gonna play big spots, guys. No. Ladies and gentlemen, he's not a big spot guy. Odell Beckham Jr. Absolutely. Landry, Higgins, Peoples Jones. I can see those three. Thank God yes. Peoples Jones is serviceable oh, as a wide receiver. Graphic wonderful draft pick so those guys i'm excited about those guys i can see happening that's great Cadrell hodge coming across the middle make big catches i don't want to see that no i i don't want to see that um i just don't i want to see those other three doing that not Cadrell hodge i i i don't i'm i've seen enough Cadrell hodge where i don't think he is as bad as some of these other guys we've been mentioning the last two or three years but he's but i'm not thrilled um, by him He's very average. Yeah. So I would I would be willing to bet that this team is going to also need to lean into David and Joku a little bit more this week again. He can't be traded now. If yep. he if he performs again and does not have the drop ball issues that he's had in the past, what do you think about that? Because I personally have always hoped for the best for that guy. 
He 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 looks the part. He does struggle, I believe, in blocking schemes. I'll have to watch a little bit more of that. But I, I you know, he looks out of it in place. He just does. There's he times where he looks out of it. There's times where yeah, and I I can't get a full read on on whether or not you know he's going to pan out. Um, but I would this this but but I would say that this is now an opportunity for him to to show out if he's going to ever show out. It's now. I think it's actually not Njoku. It's Harrison Bryant. It is time for Harrison. I mean, they both can at this point. They both can, but Harrison Bryant needs to be playing more. Even when Hooper comes back, Harrison Bryant needs to be playing more. He is an outstanding mm-hmm. talent, and he can yep. block. I love that kid. That kid looks like a pro. Actually, for the first time, when he comes back, Jared, you can do dual tight ends with Hooper and with Bryant. And that's why this injury, the Browns can survive it. Because Nick Chubb's coming back after the bye week. You are going to have some great talent around you. But again, I, I say this, you can't do screaming for dual tight ends off. Oh, like, well, that, the season even fucking Harrison Bryant's nasty. That kid so is going to be good. Yeah. He already is good. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. think people's Jones is going to be good. Um, and he already look at that play he made. He looked great in preseason scrimmages and shit with the Browns. I mean, he looked the part. He looks people's Jones is exciting. I'm sorry. Now, not not now, not on special teams. No, we got to talk about this again. We have to talk about this again. Oh, no. Who the fuck are we going to put back there? Who are we going to put back there? I'm who, ready. Everything. OK, let's go down this rabbit hole. I am worried about the special teams across the board. We can't block. We can't catch. And Parky makes me nervous. Sorry. I'm not nervous about Parky, but go on. Good. Well, I am. I'm going to be holding my fucking breath now. Every fucking kick late. Not in the not in the third quarter. I, not in the first quarter. Late. Late. All right, we'll see. I don't want to get any kicks. I'm okay with Parky. Oh, God bless you. I'm okay with yeah. Parky right now. Can't have enough liquor and that alcohol. I mean, he missed he missed it. He missed the dumb extra point, and I'll and I'll give you and that. Joint the one in the Colts game. We've seen right. two. Oh yeah. We've got some optics. I've seen <laughs> this road. Yeah. I know this path. Again, a kick in the middle of third quarter, he'll make it. He'll, he'll get through. Late in the game, ooh, I don't know. Special teams for the Browns has to start improving. And I've heard great things and read wonderful things and keep waiting for these great things that Prefer's going to do. And I haven't seen it. I am not seeing it. It's not on return coverage. It's certainly not on pump coverage. And I have not. And by the way, Peoples Jones, how good he is catching the ball. We've said it from day one. He does not look comfortable at all catching anything on a kick. Nothing. Nope. Nothing. I mean, nope. nothing. And De'Arnest Johnson's not the answer either. Looks like the shields in the outfield. Oh, <laughs> I caught it. Yeah, that's great. You can run. No, I just. Oh, you know what? Forget it. It's like we're getting to the point now. It's like just fair catch it. Just fair catch it. Just fair catch. I mean, seriously. That's- you just want to hold your breath. There is, it's just teams. It's not special teams, just team. Just go out there. No um, bad. Back to the offense, though. Obviously, again, you can't deal with any more injuries. Uh, no more we are at our limit with that. Yeah. Um, the rumor is, though, that what Chubb might uh, be back after the bye Sounds, week. It, they've put out the narrative. Stefanski's put out the narrative that the Texan game's really in play for Chubb. Oh, boy. You, and by the way, we felt boy. that all along. And that's going to be great. Look. So far for the Browns, you won the Dallas game. You won the Indy game. You lost to Pittsburgh, and you won last week in Cincinnati. You're 3-1 without Chubb. That's a fantastic, fantastic period. Again, if you would have told me that back in August, I would have been like, oh, God, 2-4. and four? And you're 1-0 and oh without Chubb and Odell. I know. I know. Great point. Great point. You're right. This team, and by the way, Joe Burrow played his can ass stop, off. Game. Can we stop acting like beating Cincy for the second time is just something to throw out the window? Oh, by they're the way, the, that, they're in the division. That, like, come on now. It's, it's a division we, game. The, the, the Bengals have shown that they can score points. They, of course, are not on the same, you know, Joe they're, they're not on played, the same level. But but Joe Burrow, he threw for more than 400 yards again. I mean, come Joe on. Joe Burrow played out of his fucking mind that game. We all saw it. And by the way, let's go a step further. As Browns fans, we talked about this in 18 and 19, and this is one of these examples. Don't shit on the win. Stop it. Stop it. Don't shit on the win. It was a great win. It was great playing. Baker in that last play to start off that drive, I rewatched it. He sidesteps away from a sack and makes a great throw, and that starts that whole drive right like that. 
Yeah. That dumbass player for the Bengals who tried to tell the referee he didn't catch the ball. That was bad. That was a typical Browns play in in recent years. And 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 Higgins gets out of bounds. I mean, that was a great drive. That route, it wasn't perfect coverage, but it was pretty good coverage of people's Jones. They're rolling out of bounds. I was I was I was oh. screaming at the TV. It happened in slow motion. Uh, yeah, by the way, he knew right away. Higgins got know, right up. Great. He wasn't and, touched. I mean, Get out. No, no. It just it's one of those things where that was a great win. We know the Bengals aren't going anywhere, but Joe Burrow is. And that could have been a signature win for him, but it wasn't. It It was a signature win for Baker Mayfield. Hence why he won AFC Offensive Player of the Week, because he was. That's not, look, that's not an award you hang up on your mantle later day in life, but you know what you do with that? It proves to you people in the business agree Baker was the best player in the conference. Okay. Well, and he Did had that. to offset the fact that the Browns could not force the Bengals to punt in that Gun, game. Gun so they could not force the Bengals to punt. Um, did the Bengals punt even once in that game? I don't think I they don't did. Think, I don't, but here's something think I'll go. That. That's a big issue. And defensively, defensively, this team is just not making me happy. Again, we're not so, going to, I'm not going to shit on the win. But, but I'll give you some positivity on the defense. I'm actually going to do this on the two plays though. On the two, there's three, actually three moments. The tip pass fumble, um, tip pass interception by Ward, right? Huge play. Denzel stripping Green to hold him to a field goal. That was, that was a big. huge play in this game. Yeah, and I had a mile, feeling it would be big too with the yeah, way these teams were going back and forth. You yes. knew holding them to three was, oh, was huge. It, they wouldn't have won without it. No, and then the Super Garrett, Miles Garrett, Super Miles Garrett with, with the strip shack, again, in a big spot. Those plays determine that game because the Browns offense shit the bed until the last drive in the first half. And they still won the game. The Browns couldn't get off the mat in this game that, so the defense has some issues. What I'm learning though, Jared is they make enough plays to win. Let's go back to the Colts game. The offense did nothing in the second half. Harrison pick six safety basically caused by miles Garrett, the defense causing turnovers to cause points. Yeah. The defense does enough to make plays to get the Browns a victory. Is their defense perfect? Oh, my God, far from it. But I've seen them make enough plays, and they do things in big spots to keep the team in, to keep the team in the game. And they did that last week, and I would say they really did that in the Colts game. So that was a huge point in that game, too. Let's go ahead and just ask this question, then. Uh, do you see the Browns picking up somebody on a defensive player in a trade? I do, too, Andy. I think it's a possibility. Are we going to pick up a safety? Is that what we're going to do? No, D-N. Do you want to go D-N? Because we're going to take care of D-N, 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 D-N. We're going to take care of Vernon, huh? Albert Breer at SI reported yesterday, quote, the Browns are another team that could get creative in moving players in and out. And along those lines, veteran pass rusher Olivia Vernon's name is one that's circulating as available for teams looking for help in that area. I don't think it's too much to think that Browns could trade Vernon and add another press, a pass rusher elsewhere to replace him, end quote. So that's Breer. Good reporting on Breer. We talked about this at length. Aside from like a game and a half, Vernon, to me, again, had one of those games during the Cincinnati game where he really struggled. Yeah. He could not get a push on the ball. And that one moment where the sack happens and strip with Miles Garrett, he couldn't pick up the fumble in that spot. So you, you I have to pick on things like that because if you're not making plays by rushing the quarterback, you got to get on the ball and scoop up fumble. Luckily, the Browns got it, so everything is okay. Right. But Vernon, to me, for everything I like about that trade still, was I thought OBJ coming here was a great thing and still a good thing. The Vernon part has not worked. It is has not worked. I have not seen it yet to the point well, where you get excited about it. I mean, I understand that the Vernon stuff isn't working, but I think it's the fact that Miles Garrett has, you know, has not had <laughs> Miles Garrett has two more sacks than the entire Raiders team does right now. Yes, he does. Um, so yeah, does. so that to me, I I can live with what's going on on the on the line, I guess, at the moment. Can you though? Well, only because that secondary is has such glaring issues in the, in Sendejo. Uh-huh. It really is just such a big issue. Can't we do two trades? It's not. It's not like here's the deal. Like Miles Garrett can make up for what Vernon is lacking. Uh, Denzel Ward and other guys, you know, Terrence Mitchell. Some of those other guys in the secondary cannot make up for Sendejo. Sendejo has cost them. Points. Oh, he's, he's terrible. cost them fourteen points to twenty-one I, points a game. I, Jared, I would actually put money on it. 
Jared, that, that's actually, the average. Jared, I'd actually argue the same thing about defensive line. I mean, we don't okay. we, we okay. get some things from Sheldon Richardson. Yes, we do. Larry Ogunjobi. You're right. Outside. Too much time in the pocket. There have been times. I mean, the Steelers. I, mean, I know, but Ben Ben had time to do whatever he wanted. You're knitting, right. You're knitting right. knitting a yellow towel as he's like making touchdowns. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I, can, I mean, you know, I, I mean, look. It's it, and by the way, you're right too about Sandejo. I mean, I'm not going to defend that. <laughs> I'm not going to defend that at all. I, I so, like, picking on the guy too. No, but just, no, but Jared, he's a pro, and it doesn't mean he's a bad person. He stinks. He flat out stinks. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it's 23 and everybody knows when his number shows up on the screen, it's going to be bad. Right. So like, look, it is what it is. There's nothing else to say. And by the way, you can't defend it anymore for Joe Woods and those press conferences. You should almost just say, we know we're working on it. We like the guy. Hopefully he gets better. That's it. There's nothing else you can say. All that to be said though, I think the Vernon trade, I'm interested to know who the teams are who really want Vernon um, because I have not seen it in two years here. I just have not seen the Vernon express at all. I just Giants. haven't. Oh, take care. Enjoy. Um, we'll get them back. And we don't want Peppers back either. So you can just do, do both. Um, but, uh, by the way, how, but remember how many people got upset? Oh, Peppers is going to uh, – he's done shit. Nothing. Guys haven't done anything. Same, same thing. So Well, again, again, that was – you know, people were being cute. Thought, you know, <sighs> don't be cute. Just play the game. Don't be cute. No. No. Don't be cute. Um, no, Jarvis Landry going back to Odell. I thought this was a good quote quote. And this was on, um, 92, three, the fans blowing Fox quote. I would say that's not true at all. I think a lot of our offense has been solely based on having Odell in the field. And a lot of the things that have opened up for us on, on, as an offense has been because of the threat that he is. Now we've just got to find a way to adapt and make adjusted play the play. That's where I will end this Odell discussion from my end. I think he said it really well. Again, I'm not naive. You can't say Mayfield and Odell's been a great marriage. That's not true. There's been some nicks and knacks, and there's been some problems where it just hasn't flowed. But again, I think it's a two-way street. And you know what, though? There's nothing else to debate. He's out for the year. I hope the guy's doing okay. I really want him to come back next year because he needs to be playing next year. But in the meantime, this is the perfect opportunity for Hollywood Higgins to show what he's been doing. And that 100-plus yard game just says everything and more to me. Um, again, just referring back to what Landry was saying, defenses have to plan for Odell. They have to plan for him. And to do that, they're doubling, they're scheming for him. And when you're doing that, you're taking attention away from other areas on the field offensively for the Browns and and opening things up offensively rather in other areas for the Browns. It's going to be a big week for, um, you know, this bye week, it's going to be huge for Landry. He needs to get healthy. Yeah. It's going to be huge for Hooper. He needs to get healthy. And we've mentioned it at the top. I mean, Chubb, you know, well, these guys. And Baker, and Baker, who's playing with a yeah, Baker. Though. And by the way, that's another thing. To, okay, let's go backwards. That's why it's a great win. The fucking guy was hurt. So now he's not hurt and he wins and he was shit on the win. Which one is it? Don't Pick shit on narrative. the win. Don't Pick shit on the win. Pick a narrative. When we look back at 2020, we're going to see, we're going to see the wins and losses. We're not going to see, you know, you know, came in to barely beat the Bengals. Like that's not, it's not a silly. thing. It's and the NFL. Way, it's the NFL folks. Come and on. And by the way, uh, here's where, you know, it sticks. That was by far the most talked about highlight throughout the whole weekend last weekend. It wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. It was it one just, of the prettiest catches I've seen. In oh, a very what, a great play. what a great fucking just win. Complete extension. Mm. Threaded great the needle man. with the defender. Baker, Baker placed that ball oh, perfectly. Beautiful. I can't get over it how perfectly he placed that ball. Wonderful. Miles Garrett was the defensive player of the month in the AFC. Um, as my partner said, he's up to nine sacks already. Mm. Um, Stefanski, quote, he has changed the game many times this season. We just referenced some of those times. That uh, That is those sack fumbles he has four. That has changed the game. It is changing the outcome, the outcome of games. He actually had another quote later on, and I'll say it right here. He is the straw that stirs the drink there. And for people who don't know, that was a famous quote given by Reggie Martinez Jackson back in the 70s when he was playing for the Bronx Bombers. And that's a great line. And he is. Um, we've said this here. You cannot win. I know he did not practice the last two days. He's going to play this. Everybody's saying he's playing Sunday, so you got to believe he's going to be playing. You can't, The Browns, for everything we just talked about offense, if Miles Garrett goes down, season's over. I mean, you wait, wait, oh, I don't even want to just – I'm not even talking about Wade that. Wait, wait, flag. Stop. 
I don't even want to talk about that right now. <laughs> he is the best player on this team by far. Miles Garrett is the best player on the Cleveland Browns 2020 team. By hey, hey, uh, remember last time we played the Raiders and he had a strip sack? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. They, oh, wait. Oh, wait. It wasn't a strip sack? Oh, wait. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Mother. You know what? That was a first down still even two years later in Oakland. That was a first down. That 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 loss still bothers me. Oh, that loss! That, 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 that was the hell out of me. It was obnoxious. That was the first down. I want to beat those fuckers. Let's yeah. beat the Raiders. Yeah. Let's talk about the Raiders. Yeah. We talked about special teams. Now let's talk about the Raiders. Injuries coming into this game. Hooper, Phillips, Teller—they're all out. Sounds <clears> like <throat> uh, Teller, and we already mentioned about it with that with Chubb. They're coming back. Hooper, I still think you're still probably two games away, meaning this game and the next game. I think. An appendectomy. I think you're talking more. That just is a pure guess. Phillips, you don't seem to get a timeline at all about Phillips right now. So I'm not really sure when he's coming back. Limited this week was Conklin, which was interesting. You didn't hear about that until later. Um, Hunt, who's been on the injury list all year. Landry, Ogan, Joby, and Treader. You get the feeling all five of those players are going to be playing, so that's good. That, by the way, for a team that's been banged up all year, the Browns are actually slowly getting back healthy, which is good. Right. The Raiders, here's the, everything I've been reading about the Raiders, and it's the same thing no matter who you hear it from or who's talking about it. It is the same thing. The Raiders do have a good offense. Derek Carr is having a best start to his career as a Raider. He is doing a great job passing the ball. His interception and touchdown ratio right now is 13 to 2. 13 touchdowns, two interceptions. That's wonderful. He's getting nine yards a pass. They have very fast players. It's typical Raiders. They've really gone back to the Al Davis days. They have fast players, everything else. And then there's defense. Their defense is terrible. I mean, it's 31, it's 31st in points per game, 30th in yards allowed, 30th in sacks, 29th in quarterback hits. The Raiders don't play defense. It's one of these games, if you get three or four stops like the Browns normally do, or two or three stops, Jared, and the offense does what it does, and you can run the ball late with Dearness and with Kareem Hunt, the Browns should win. You feel well, that way when you're reading this game. That's, scope, you know? that's exactly where I'm at on this. Um, I was kind of, I was going to take a look and see what what the, where the Raiders uh, lined up with points per game because I know that the Browns are a top-five team yep. regarding average points per game. Who would have ever? Who would have ever? Believed it, but they're tied for the for, for fifth basically with uh I with I, I think it's um I think it's the Cardinals actually. Yeah, and that and by the way, that's two games for the Browns where they scored under 10, too, and they're that high, by the way. They scored well, uh, under yeah, which, even and those league. two losses were just brutal. I mean brutal. complete busts to those games. Yeah. So um that says a lot right there. Uh yeah, if the Browns, I mean the Browns, and that's exactly what I was thinking. The Browns are not gonna they're not they're gonna have to get a stop or two, right? You get yes, you get a couple of stops. You know, hold field goals again when you're when you're causing field goals when you're forcing field goals, you're going to be all right with this Browns offense. Yep, for the most part, five times out of seven, <laughs> you're good. you're good. You're gonna you're be good. okay. You're gonna be okay. Um, so a uh, very very winnable game at home, not on that fucking dirt bullshit. Ugh. Not that, that exists anymore, anyways, for them. Yes, but, the Vegas Bowl now. Now it's all AstroTurf and beautiful. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sweating this one. And I'm, I'm probably, not, I I'm, glad you, I'm glad to hear you're saying that. I'm not either. And maybe it's me being an over cocky fan. I, I think the Browns and the Raiders, it's a game close. Sure. The Raiders will score points in this game. There's no doubt. But do I see this game being like what it was the last couple of weeks? No, I kind of see it more as the Colts game where you kind of get the vibe that Browns will win and they'll do something late just to put them, um, just, just to, just to put them in in a good position. Yeah, uh, B Boy twenty five on Twitter watching on Periscope. Hey guys, Raiders fan here. Uh, thanks mm-hmm. for tuning in, Raiders fan. We appreciate Thank it. You. Good luck to you guys. I love the sportsmanship. Good luck to you guys. Uh, but you, you guys' offense is good. Our defense is horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, same. High five you because we're we're the same. I, we're kind of the same way, <laughs> minus a few big playmakers that the Browns have on defense. Miles Garrett, Super Miles, and Denzel Ward. And that's the difference in this game. I think the Browns win by 10. I think they win 34-24, Jared. I think they'll run the clock out late. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised the Raiders keep it close. I don't think this game's a blowout. I don't. The Raiders will score points. But 34-24, 41-31, I think it's going to be take the over, whatever the over is. I'm surprised by how many Sharps in Vegas are taking the Raiders. There's a lot of Raiders betting. I I don't I see that. That's 
is there do you think that there's some sort of new homer mentality <laughs> maybe i don't know i mean, there I mean might be right there might be because vegas has not had it had their own football and their nfl their own nfl team no, so i, I watch i on them I right watch, now I get it. no i i watch a good portion of the bucks uh raiders game on the late game um the raiders are i mean the, the raiders are your typical raiders to me they're dangerous you got look they won in kansas city i mean they can win a game but i just think the browns are better I just do. What is your um, Yeah. Uh, Philip Cordes again on Facebook. Uh, he's going 40, 24 Browns. Um, I, I don't know. I, look, is it possible that they're going to, that the Browns are going to put up 40? Sure. 40 seems a lot. I, I'm, I'm more, I'm, I'm a little more conservative uh, the same way with Andy. I think it would be more about a, a 34, 35, you know, for the Browns, mm-hmm. 24, 28 for the Raiders, something like yeah. that. Um, it, I don't think it's going to be that much of a, of a, of a blowout um, as we would hope for, because again, teams have been able to score on the Browns. Uh, The Raiders do have a, a have a decent offense. Obviously Um, you just hope that again, it's going to come down to playmakers, the the miles Garrett's the Denzel wards, you know, Kareem hunt, having himself a a nice rushing day would be great for this, for this rushing offense um, because it has taken a step backwards, especially after last week. Um, not in the sense that they're not doing well um, or that they, you know, that something's happened that they can't come back from. It just has been a little more focused on Baker and throwing the ball. And, uh, you know, that balance, I think maybe we're see, we'll see a little bit more of that balance this week. What do you think? Well, the Wiener I dog, think so. in this, yes, well, the Wiener Dog is excited. I mean, he's clearly excited. Um, <laughs> I think the big thing in this game that this does not necessarily have to dominate like it has pre-chub injury. I just think in this game, running game has to come in late. That's my big advice here. Later in the game, when you're up, which I think the Browns will be, do what you do best. Run the ball, get out of town, yeah. Yeah. And, just, and just milk the clock. And that, yeah. it, when the Browns are, I think the Browns will, I think the Browns will have that late in this game. I really do. Uh, I, the one thing I've learned when you're playing defenses like this, and you have moments like this, just give, especially with bad teams, if they're giving you certain things, pass the ball. If they start doing different things, if, uh, defend a pass and run the ball. Like this defense, you can really do what you want. I think it's just a matter of like where, how are they lining up and let's scheme against it. I mean, honestly, Jared, I mean, there's just nothing like Jared, the Raiders defense. I've been hearing it from yeah. everyone. They're so bad. Well, again, just, don't be cute. Don't be cute. Yeah, that's my point. Yeah. I just think in this game, if the Browns, Stick to what I've seen so far outside of that terrible Ravens-Steelers game, which those, both those teams play good defense. I know what the Browns are. They're going to score 30-plus points. Sorry. I mean, I just know it. I, the Browns are going to score 30-plus points in this game. I'd be shocked uh, they don't. Um, yeah. Any other games you like this week? Well, there's one, and it's the two teams we fucking can't stand. But the Steelers-Ravens game at 1 o'clock is a huge game. And we won't be watching it. So we'll be watching Browns Raiders, but that is a huge, huge, huge. So game. there's a couple of ways to look at this, right? There's one where you want to see the Steelers knocked off because you can't stand seeing them being undefeated right now. And then there's the more practical one where it's like you want to see the Ravens lose because it helps the Browns out when it comes to the division sure. itself. Sure. Um, because, you know, the Steelers, I, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know what the right answer is there. I think the I right think, answer is the Browns need to keep winning and just get into the playoffs. Really, yeah, well, at the end, of I, the I wouldn't worry about who wins, loses, or ties. Um, I do think in this game, though, if I were a sharp and had some money, I would put the money on the Ravens. I think the Ravens are overdue. The Steelers are going to eventually lose. They're not the Super Steelers. They've gotten a break with their schedule. I know they played the Titans last week, and that was a better opponent. They played the Browns; that's a better opponent. But they've gotten a break early from their schedule. I will say, if the Steelers win that game, Jared. I think the Steelers are really on their way to doing the big things that they've been hyped up to do. I but mean, there are people that are calling them Super Bowl contenders right now, and I don't know whether that is based off of the play on the field and who they've played because I don't, you know, or right. just the fact that they're undefeated. Right. Well, like I said, if they win that game, I'm going to be vomiting out of my uh, my vomit bag. But let's just be fair: if they do win the game in Baltimore, the Steelers are on their way. Yeah. Fucking blows, but and well, that's all right. Then we got to beat. I mean, look. Then I mean, the Browns are going to have to step up at some point and beat these teams. We talk about it all the time. So, um, whatever. And we already expect to have to run into the Ravens or the Steelers possibly down the road, and even in the playoffs possibly. So why? So screw it. Who cares? 
Well, True. that that's this, the game. This is the AFC North. It's going to be this yeah. way. Yep. I, I, was ter- I was terrible in my picks, but I would put money on the Ravens. I put money on the Packers. I put money on the Eagles. Packers are minus six and a half. Eagles are minus nine. Um, I'll do this real quickly. The demise of the Dallas Cowboys is fascinating for twofold. One, um, they put a lot of money in Zeke Elliott, and Zeke Elliott has not made a difference in these games yet. Nope. And I think that's going to become a bigger drumbeat as we go along. And two, it really shows how important Dak Prescott is. Dak Prescott's already getting paid a lot of money. Now, obviously, he had a serious knee injury, and there's going to be a lot of rehab to come. Jared, he's going to earn another contract now, even with that injury, because the Cowboys need him. Well, might change Jerry Jones' tune a little bit, huh? Yes. He hasn't always been the most supportive. No, he has not. Uh, not now. And he's and he's having nervous fits on public radio stations. I mean, it's <clears throat> Cowboys are in turmoil. And by the way, that is a terrible the, – the Monday night, Sunday night games are terrible. Cowboys, Eagles, vomit, won't watch a second. Buccaneers, Giants, won't watch a second. Don't care mm-hmm. about either game. Don't have no interest. Don't care. Don't care. Why are they putting all these NFC East teams on these big spots? Shitty teams. I, um, I want to watch. I want to watch. Uh, I want to watch the Jets at Chiefs. <laughs> Ready for this? It's good for us Browns fans. Uh, we have the Lions. We have the Buccaneers. We have the Browns. The Jets are on the road to going over. They are on the road and they're skipping fast. Wouldn't that be? Yeah, it would be nice to pass that torch. The Jets oh. are just doing fine. <laughs> I don't see that <laughs> torch. I mean, they are just you. You, like, you needs to get in the car and drive to New York and hand that sucker off. The, the Jets are whistling their way down the road to winless season. Fine by me. Just loving life. Fine Treating, by me. Treating Le'Veon Bell. Oh God, they're doing everything the Browns used to do. If they so. go, if they go zero sixteen, I think I'm gonna because uh, what Hughes on cameo, so you can like hire him to read and say stuff. By the for way, you. I don't. I would have you congratulate the Jets. On yeah, a tremendous season. Yeah. And by the way, I don't give a, I don't give a fuck about this book. I don't care about anything. I, nice miss, go away. I don't care about anything in this book. I have no interest in reading anything he has. Nothing. Zero. Zip. Don't care. Don't care. We'll be back on Sunday night to break it down. Raiders Browns. Check it out here live on Facebook Live. So we'll be there. But now it is time to move on to college football. In past years, Buckeyes, Nittany Lions is always a big game. And especially when it's in Happy Valley or, I mean, in Columbus too, obviously, but in Happy Valley because it's always a whiteout. You know, you can just mark it on your calendars. Oh, it's the Ohio State week. It'll be whiteout. By the way, on flip years, it's usually Michigan. It's a whiteout game. So this year, because Ohio State's coming to Happy Valley, it's going to be the whiteout game, which won't be whiteout because there's no fans in the stands. Um, In normal years, this feels like a big game, and it still does. I'm going to break the mold, and we'll break more in this game. I don't see this being competitive. And I am not a Buckeye homer. Um, I think the Buckeyes are going to blow them out. Now, that's the thing. They should, right? Everything yes. on paper tells you they should. Uh, but I will yes. say that this is a catch game for me. Okay. This is a game where, from what I saw in the first couple of quarters against Nebraska, makes me nervous about what is going to happen when the Buckeyes go to Happy Valley and take on the Nittany Lions. I, I just know that the possibility is out there. Now, should we be overly concerned? No, but is it possible? Yes. Um, I would say I'm three or four percent uh, out of I'm, I'm 90. Let's say I'm 95 percent certain that the Buckeyes will be just fine. Yeah. Five percent, though, is lingering. It just feels like it's a tick higher more for me this season than it might be in other seasons. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, what should happen is more than likely going to be what happens. And I've already said it from the beginning of the season, since before the season started, when I looked at the schedule, the Buckeyes will walk away 8-0 and ready to go into the college football playoffs. It's that simple. Yep. I will now hold, and they will, I still think they'll win, but I would hold the Michigan game still. But all, all the rest of it, I agree with Yeah, you. no. I mean, I, I, I'm more, I, I'll, I'll say this. I'm, oh boy. Oh boy. I'm setting myself up. I'd be more worried about this game than I am about that game. <laughs> so that's that's where, interesting. That's just where uh, I am right now. I think Penn State it reminds me a lot of Nebraska from, from last week. Penn State just lost Kane. Brown's already out for the year. They're two top running backs. They're top wide receivers out. Their linebacker, um, Jesse Lutkata, he's going to be missing the first half because of a targeting penalty. I, I, this reminds me exactly of Nebraska. Can I see Penn State hanging around for two and a half quarters? Oh, oh sure. Absolutely. This is too much talent. 
It's just, it just is natural. It's just, yeah. I mean, the more we talk about it here, the more I think, yeah, yeah it's just too much talent. It, it just doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like Penn State can say whatever they want. James Franklin can go on. I think it's been desperate, to be honest with you. Ohio State, Ohio State, Ohio State, James Franklin on Twitter. Like, that's great. That's good. That's reaches to me and smells to me as desperation. I, I, I'll say it again. I do think this game's going to be a blowout. I, I get the feeling Penn State's worried about it. I don't like how they're coming across in this game. I think these are weird quotes that some of these players are having and Franklin on social media. I wouldn't have come here if I didn't think we have that mentality of being Ohio State. Well, of course you think that. I think. Do you think Coach Day has a lot to do with the way some of these guys and teams – there is something about Coach Day that I think he's got that even Urban and Trestle didn't. I, I don't I, think I don't that at all. No. Really? Um, Zach's really? got to win some games, so. I know everybody – see, this is where it's good. Most Buckeye fans, like my lovely partner, Jared Watson, believe that. And by the way, Coach Urban Meyer does that too. Listen to Best Fridays in Football. He talks about it all the time. I actually don't agree with that. I actually don't agree with him. I don't. I think Zach Day needs to win some games. He lost the Clemson game. He needs to win these games later. I on. understand that. Maybe what I'm getting at is personality-wise, there's something that feels a little more uh, deliberate uh, on the, and stoic yet uh determined at the same time that i just see a little bit different in his personality uh, maybe i'm speaking directly about maybe that's what i'm talking about it's just personality it's just personality I, I, i'll take trussell and urban meyer any day of the week listen um, i'll take any of them to be honest i mean i'm not this isn't this isn't me negating I, my love no, for what discussion. they have done for ohio state that's not no, no, at I, all I, and I, lord I knows this. i love jim trussell more than anyone i love uh-huh. that jim's right down the street what he's done at Youngstown State University is amazing. When he was coaching my cousin at quarterback at Youngstown State with those national championships was amazing. I love Jim Tressel, but they're just different people. And I'm just looking at the nuances, those differences, and I'm seeing a little something out of Coach Day that I think might, you know, maybe it might be driving some of this from the other side. I don't see that yet. Here's what okay. I see. I see. Yeah, I, I, I don't see that yet. Um, but I love that narrative. I think it's fun. This would be a good debate. I don't see it. Yet. We got. We got. Right. I have to be right. Look, I, there's if there's anything but, I care about less, it's it's about being right. But 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 most people who cheer for Ohio State or Ohio State homers <laughs> like that narrative, and I hear that a lot. And I'm telling you right now, if you go, who would you take? I go, I would take Meyer. Then I take Trestle. Then I take Day. And I take them in that order. I think Meyer's the best, Jimmy's second, and Day's third. And that's what I'm. And, and by the way, can that change in five years? Absolutely. But right now, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but I don't think that I don't think that goes against what I'm saying either. I think those are two separate arguments. But I think he's not on that even that Mount Rushmore level. Like he's like. No, he's like but here. I think he might be in some of these guys' heads. I don't think. So. I don't know why. I just don't see that. All right. I really don't. All right. I think Justin Fields is in people's heads. That yeah. kid's nasty. I think that yeah. kid's nasty. I think you throw the ball all makes me really, really, really happy already. I mean, he yeah. is. He is. I mean, walking out of that Nebraska game, I'm already saying, yeah, Heisman. Oh, he's Heisman. Isn't that insane? Game one. No, no, no. He, he, if he if he stays healthy and he can and and COVID's having a big breakout, if he can stay healthy. And he can keep keep it straight and narrow. He's on his way. He really is. Um, my only concern I'd have, and I don't think in this game will show up, is that Penn State just doesn't have the players right now. Um, a lot of reading thing I've been reading, and we talked about it in the last podcast, is the defense and tackling, um, especially up front. Um, they have the secondary talent and everything else. You do wonder about the front four. Um, I want to see more of that this week. We'll take a look. That's only one game, though. I want to see more this week before I start jumping off the bridge about the Buckeyes front four. I know there's been a lot of talk about that this week. A lot of people talk about tackling open spaces. Does that sound familiar, by the way? I think we talk about that every week on the Browns, too. I think it's a league-wide, college-wide problem. I've seen a lot of college football this year. It's not just the Buckeyes. It's a, it's a, Florida talks about it every week. My God, I've been hearing it from other people, too, and sometimes Alabama after the Ole Miss game. So you hear people talking about it. It's not just in the Buckeye land. All that to be said – Normally I'm fired up for this game. I will definitely be watching it. Jared, I don't get the feeling I have to keep like a stat by stat update. I just don't think it's going to be that game. I just don't feel it. I think James Franklin, and if it happens in sports, I think it's a rebuild and regroup to next year. I just do. I don't think Penn State's that good. Yeah, I changed my mind. 100%. Buckeyes win. Not even worried. Oh, big. Gone. Big. 
Um, the bigger story for me. Yeah, they're not. I'm telling you. I mean, I don't think Ohio State played. <clears throat> I thought they played okay to good, and they handled Nebraska. I thought Nebraska played well. That's not good opponents. Not good. I will repeat. I thought Nebraska played a good game, and and Ohio State played an uh, B minus B minus game, B B B game. When they play their A game, it's going to be forty plus every week. Every week, I'm telling you. And I think it might be this week. Um, the bigger story is this COVID issue thing. Last night, for people who missed it, Trevor Lawrence, the star quarterback for Clemson, he's going to be out now for 10 days because he's got COVID-19. And then earlier in the week, it was Graham Mertz, and even bigger, Wisconsin itself had to shut down because of COVID-19 stuff. Um, I think you're going to see more of these storylines. It's not just going to be happening throughout the country. It's going to be happening, well, I think, especially in we are. I mean, we are sitting here. We are sitting here in a time right now, especially throughout the Midwest, where community spread is becoming a real issue. Um, Coming back to where it was in the spring. It just is coming back and probably going to surpass very quickly. Um, It, 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 you know, if certain you know measures aren't taken, to be careful. That's all. I don't know. I mean, something. Boy, it's a whole other issue. I mean, it really is. It's a whole other issue. But again. This is where we're really going to have to start wondering and considering, especially as the weather gets colder, especially as people are spending more time inside and indoors and everyone's got their hot COVID breath circulating within these buildings. You got to wonder if they're going to be able to pull it off. Baseball, you know, basketball had a bubble. Baseball is it was played during during warmer weather. We are now in the throes of this community spread in a lot of these areas where I don't know if we're going to be able to, to, to finish. I, I'll say of, of, of all of the seasons that we've broken down, this is the mo- this is the one that is most in jeopardy um, is, is college football. I don't know how you feel about I'll, that, but I'll I think go, so. I'll, I'll Even go, compared to the NFL, I think the college I'll, football. I'll go, I'll go a step further. I actually think everything's going to be okay in the pros. I really do. Yeah. I think it's different. You just have way too much stuff um, on there. And then um, this is one of our biggest fans. I want to put him up on the screen real quick. Um, Matt always supports us. He's on vacation this week. Get to check out the show live. Matt does a great fantasy football show. Please check it out. He's one of our biggest fans. Sports, He's a nice sports fanatic MB. Yeah. Fantastic dude. Always gives us plugs. What do you say? Oh, sure on vacation him. this week, finally getting a chance yeah. to catch. I want to give him some love. He's the best. I think, I think NFL is fine. College football, I think is a much different beast. Um, yeah. And we're already seeing it. And I don't know what else to say. I don't want to Debbie down it. Because it, you, it is what it is. And by the way, I've learned this. You could be in the worst place on the planet, but if you're smart and you're protective, you'll be fine. So I don't want to say, like, it depends on where you live and whatever else. Um, I just think you can't be arrogant. And I will say, I think college football and all these different sports, baseball for sure, you go through these waves. NFL went through it two weeks ago. I think college is going through the end of it. It'll be interesting to see if they can recover and get back. Um, that's the biggest thing you learn about this. Because Nardame went through it. Again, it went from Notre Dame to Florida. It doesn't matter where you're at. It can happen at any time, at any place. So you just hope for the best. I felt really bad for both Lawrence well, and Grant. Grant well, let's throw this out there bad. then, too. Let's just assume that they can continue. Let's assume mm-hmm. that in this time that Clemson loses a game. Um, how does that affect the college football rankings? Is that well, game negated in the eyes of those? So. So to Jared's point, next week is the biggest game for my little Irish. They play against Clemson in South Bend. And right now, Lawrence is not going to be playing. Right. So here's what it does. It means nothing for this reason. If Notre Dame wins, Notre Dame and Clemson play again for the ACC championship game. We all know that. So there's your mulligan, and there, everything's fine and hunky-dory. Now, if here's the bigger thing, I would say. But it opens up the door and a chance now for Notre Dame to get in. Because now they have a now they have a real shot. If they don't have Lawrence, I mean, we, I mean, I feel bad. I feel bad for Trevor Lawrence. All that to be said, I mean, Notre Dame without Trevor Lawrence has got a real shot to win that game. That game changes. Can they get lucky twice later in the year? We'll find out. I don't know. COVID affects everybody differently. We'll find out. And I'll go bigger. To me, the bigger one's Mertz. I mean, I did not watch it, but I've I've seen the highlights. Mertz looks wonderful, in Wisconsin. Wisconsin finally has a quarterback. They could go big places. Wisconsin Buckeyes would be a wonderful game if Mertz is healthy and ready to go. I can already feel that. But you know what, Jared? Now he's out, so you don't know. It puts kind of a you know it puts in a weird place. So, well, it's also gonna it's also gonna start changing some perspectives if God forbid one of these kids gets really sick. 
Well, of course. Um, of course. We've seen it already with um, uh, uh, Armstead, Armstead, from the, the, the Jags, Jags, the Jags player. Yeah. Um, who's been in the hospital twice and has been struggling for and, and it there it really hasn't made that much of a story or impact on on the game going forward. But I have a feeling that with these kids in college football, a story like that is going to uh change the narrative and the direction possibly as well. Yeah. Um so just be prepared for it. Um we have been able to get these games off. A lot of uh things have been going on to make that happen. Um, I also think that it's asinine and insane to hear things like we want to fill the swamp and have everyone like, like, let's not do the dumb things like filling stadiums. Let's not do that. That's not a smart idea. Smart. move. Um, Let's not have coaches encourage that. Uh, Let's have them go ahead and focus on their own player safety and and getting these games off. When you start playing those games again, you got to go right back to my whole conversation of these coaches think they're God sometimes. They get that ego in them and they think that they can do and say whatever they want and get away with it. And I'm here to say that is asinine. We don't need to be stupid about this. We don't need to be putting people's lives at danger just for a fucking football game. But if you want to go out there and do it safely, good, let's keep doing it. And I hope that they are able to do that. No waddle, no problem for Alabama, in my opinion. <clears throat> um, but that was a big injury last week. Texas, Oklahoma State's a big game. Um, big game for the Pokes. And then um, finally, Florida's playing back too. Notre Dame's playing Georgia Tech. It's a bye week. In Michigan, Michigan State, I, again, I was really impressed with Michigan. I thought they looked much better than what they thought they were. Wow. I didn't want my partner to allude to with these coaches and stuff. I do agree with it. Um, I just want to, you know, I, I want. I love college football. Um, but and it, it was so exciting to have all the Big Ten teams back. It felt like the regular season college football is back. But, you know, reality struck. With, when you hear people like Lawrence and Mertz are out, I mean, that kind of hits home really hard. So that's college football. We'll break that down more on Sunday night too. Um, and, you know, we'll see if we're right. I, again, I think it's Buckeyes big. To wrap up, it is now time to move on to Brad Hand. The Indians have pushed Brad Hand on outright waivers on Thursday. That just happened yesterday, Thursday the 29th. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is no trade. Mandy said on our podcast, which you'll hear people are listening or hear the podcast on the Browns bye week. She thought there would be maybe a chance for them being traded. Um, you and I have done the Brad hand uh, lectures. Um, I like Brad hands a person. Um, this is a move they had to make. I'm sorry. I, I don't know what else to say here. Uh, yeah, I agree. And I think it's, um, I think it's deceiving to even talk about Brad hand posting a two, a 2.05 ERA in 2020. Um, he, didn't do all that great in big spots. He started out. It, it just, look, we were talking about Karen Chak and begging for Karen Chak to go in that position, which of course Karen Chak still had some growing to do too. Um, and this team, again, what, even though, even though Mandy was talking about a possible trade, uh, Mandy also, you're going to hear more of this again during the bye week um, also alluded to the fact that get ready. There's going to be big payroll cuts with this team. And that's period. step period. one. Yep. And step one happened here. Um, the people with things that we need to remember too. Uh, Karen Jack's one. I love Karen Jack. He imploded two in the playoffs. I mean, yes. my gosh, I think, no. I think he's still. I think You're he's right. still eating. He's, he's still eating his glove, by the way. I think on the mouth. Experience, uh, and, uh, yeah, and, and a lot of the ball flipping that he did. Oh, yeah, all right. I like that. See, I love that shit. <laughs> ball flip. I he like looked a little too things. wound up for me a few times. I know. Again, this is a good one, Jared. There's Jared. I know a friend of mine, Robin. Don't like it. I love it. I like it. Just sticks. looked a little like like lay off the uh, energy drinks. Like he looked a little too amped. I'm not going to disagree. And that, not- and that and that will affect his fastball and his control. I I just think for Karen Shack, he needs a little more experience and time. People need to remember oh. us too. Emmanuel Classe is coming back, and Classe is supposed to be a gun who could possibly take over this role. Um, it is a big. I can't emphasize this more. Emmanuel Classe is going to be a big determination of where the Indians really go to me in 2021. I'll repeat that. I think Emmanuel Classe, if he is what we think he might be, I think the Indians actually have a chance to really drive the ship, figure out some other things, and be in that playoff sniffing. If Emmanuel Classe, you know, whatever, or doesn't really come out to be the player we thought we were getting from Texas, I, I, this bullpen's very thin. Very um, well, what I am looking forward to is this, is that the Indians, despite any payroll cuts and losing a, some some guys, um, the Indians are going to be in a position where now the young talent is going to be forced to step up and we're going to see yes. what a lot of those guys are worth at the end of the day. Yes. Um, the Indians do have the potential to 
um, you know, to 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 build upon again what they have done over the years, the talent that they have and that they bring up uh, that that are homegrown. And that homegrown talent has gotten the Indians to the playoffs more years than not. So I'm just hoping that that works out in the long term for the Indians. In the short term, it's going to be painful and we'll just have to, you know, grin and bear it, I think. Yes. All that morning, yes. The Indians did the right thing. Had to let him go. Uh, Good man. White Sox yeah. hire for, for coach. What do you think? I don't have enough time. This is, I have a big opinion about it, so I'll give you the short. We'll bring this up on Sunday. I'm, I'll remind me to bring this up on Sunday. Strange, strange, strange move. What a dumb, like, for they what you're building, think, and then you're, like, digging into some strange nostalgic. They must think they're going to the World Series. La Russa <laughs> managed for the White Sox in the early 80s. He's good friends with Reinsdorf. I just don't. Hey, I'm an Indians fan, so I like the moves. I don't right. think it's a good move. Right. Um, he's a great man. It doesn't fit what they're doing, I didn't think. but I think no. it's a strange move. I'll leave. I have a much bigger opinion about it. I'm actually going to pause. I'm going to bring it up on Sunday. I'm glad you brought that up. So I, I I rolled my eyes. I'm like. <clears throat> I think a lot of people right. did, especially outside. Well, in and Weird. The White Sox are um, a weird organization. Weird organization. Don't forget, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Cleveland and beyond or on Twitter at CLE and beyond. You can shoot us an email, Andy and Jared at gmail.com. That's J-A-R-I-D. And check out the website, clevelandbeyond.net. We are a part of Waiting for Next Year. Check them out, original Cleveland sports reporting at waitingfornextyear.com and soon to be announced officially as a part of Evergreen Podcasts. Andy, final thoughts. We're going to do some big, cool Instagram things. More information coming after the bye week. Oh, yeah. Um, so stay tuned. A huge new thing, which I think is going to be very, very cool. Again, <clears throat> after the bye week type stuff on Instagram, we'll probably preview more on Sunday. We'll be back Sunday night. This following Friday, we're going to be off because of the bye week. So people who are listening, you'll get the Mandy Bell thing. For people on Facebook, no show this coming Friday. After that, because the Browns are off, we're going to be off too. Be safe during the election. I'll probably say that a couple more times. And finally, the Justin Turner Dodgers thing. I do want to comment on that quickly. Um, great World Series. Wonderful World Series. Um, I, I I know Justin Turner was excited and he wanted to be out there. Um, that really, the MLB, for everything, I know the ratings were up. I know the Dodgers winning was good for the sport. Um, Turner, to me, was the full circle of MLB. Um, they argued about money. Safety was really put on the back burner. Their season got off and running, but it's always choppy. We, we talked about that a lot in the show. It's always choppy. Um, many things, gosh, certainly as Indians fans, we experienced the whole police act, Clevenger stuff. Um, so he went through a lot of that too. Um, I thought the Turner moment, I, I know why he's excited, but I thought that was not obviously the right move. And um, there, there's a reason why there's some investigations going on because you cannot be doing that when you're testing positive. Um, yeah, I think that I'm only forgiving of it in my mind because I can understand the emotion of the moment. Correct. And I also understand Correct. that there really is this pervasive feeling throughout a lot of folks in this country that it's just not dangerous. And it's I know. Not well, he sat beside with no and mask. That, holding a trophy. that to me is it's unfortunate but it is the reality. Um, no, yeah, I agree. If I was in the dugout and I was a teammate. I would have been like, get the fuck away from me. Um, but, yeah. but they didn't know it's just all bad. Then again, it's all uh, bad, but I, I, I don't want to bring in a Debbie Downer move, but I had, I just said, well, no, I mean, it needs to be said. It was a big it, moment. It, it, it's something that happened in the sports world. So why yeah, the hell not? No, so. I had to bring it up. Browns. Hopefully they can get to the bye week here with a win. I think they will. Um, I've been, this OBJ conversation has been the whole topic. Um, it'll be good to play a game as that will go to the back burner. I think the bigger thing here again, Jared, it's about Hollywood Higgins back. That to me is the bigger story. Hollywood's back and Hollywood needs to be playing for the rest of the year. All right. He's Andy Billman. I'm Jared Watson. Thanks for tuning in. Happy birthday, Anna Molly. 10 years oh, old birthday. today. My daughter, 10 years old. And uh, God, can't believe time flies by. No, Take care. Does. Talk again soon. Oh, I forgot Purdue and Illinois. Hold on real quick. You got 30 seconds here. Purdue should win the game. I know they got some players out. It should be good for Jeff Brom. Go Boilers. He didn't press the end of the broadcast. What a nice friend. Aw. All right. Bye. Oh, bye. Cleveland and Beyond with Andy and Jared is a part of Evergreen Podcast. You
You can follow them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cleveland and beyond on Twitter at CLE and beyond or shoot them an email at Andy and Jared at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit the website clevelandbeyond.net. The Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War, but half a century earlier, the United States was locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World, an American history podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains, will discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show.